The advice in this podcast is general in nature and does not constitute medical advice. Always consult your doctor if you are concerned about your child's health. We recommend always following the safe sleep guidelines. In the spirit of reconciliation, Dr. Fallon and Dr. Laura acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and the continuation of cultural, spiritual and and educational practices of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples. They pay respects to the elders past and present and recognise that sovereignty was never ceded. Hello. Hello. Welcome back to Brand New Little People. Uh, Last episode, we talked quite a bit about our pregnancies, the ups and downs of morning sickness, coupled with that joy of finding out you're pregnant in the first place. Um, And we talked a bit about what it was like, you know, bringing the baby home Mm -hmm. and that huge adjustment that we all make when we become parents. Um, But, you know, for some families, those first few months, I mean, it's challenging for everybody. Mm. You're going to have these really big highs and really big lows as you kind of navigate becoming a parent. Um, But for some parents, that's really amplified when their baby, um, you know, has sort of a medical cause for really unsettled behaviour. Um, And that can be, you know, as we know from our clinical work, Mm -hmm. it can be incredibly, incredibly challenging. But you actually have some personal stories about that as well, because you had a bit Mm. of a battle, Laura, with, um, was it your second born Mm -hmm. who had reflux? Yes, that's right. Yeah. Now, this was back in the days before I knew a great deal about infant sleep. Um, (laughs) And I wish I knew back then what I know now, but my Mm. research... um, area was more about children's language and mental health development at that stage rather than sleep and the language stuff doesn't help much when they're teeny tiny (laughs) new things (laughs) that's right so look we often joke that um my firstborn she was a very tricky little sleeper Mm. and um quite a determined baby from the moment she came out she sort of eyes wide open didn't want to miss a trick oh yeah Yeah. total FOMO baby Mm. Um, and so she she was a real really quite tricky but it turned out that she was the warm-up act (laughs) for her little brother oh no was her sleep kind of sorted out by the time he came along like was she doing okay yeah she was two years between them yeah two years um two years and two months between them okay so yeah, she was she was a much better sleeper by the time her brother came along. Thank yeah. goodness, because <laughs> when her little brother came along, he came out screaming. Right. Um, and the first night at the hospital, he um, was taken off my hands by the nurses mm. to um, give me a moment's rest, and they went to put him into the nursery. And he was expelled from the nursery. <laughs> no, really? Because his screaming was so intense. So when you say he came out screaming, it was like from the first day. From the first day. He just day, cried and He cried. cried very, very unsettled. Oh, my goodness, yep. Laura. That is so hard. <laughs> so, That's so hard, especially yeah. when other... Other babies around you would have just been like, you know, enjoying their first feed. Everyone's having lovely cuddles, but he was just screaming. Yeah, poor little thing. Yeah. Um, And we found out quite quickly that he had a cow's milk protein intolerance um, and a soy allergy. Mm. Um, So um, very quickly I had to go on to a 
dairy free and soy free diet because yeah, I was breastfeeding. Oh, okay. So tell me more. Like, what sort of signs? You know, all babies cry a bit in those sort of first few months, but this was next level. Were there other mm. signs aside from the crying that made you think something's just kind of not right here? Yeah, yeah, there were. He had really mucusy poos. Yeah, right. Um, and um, f- really frothy poos. Yeah. And I'm not sure I would have picked up on that if he had been my first born. Mm. Um, I just knew that they just did not look right compared to yeah. his sisters. Um, and he was also finding it very hard to keep any food down, any milk down. So he okay. was vomiting to extraordinary levels and projectile. Yeah, and that's often the key, isn't it? Like all babies are going to have spit ups and vomit up small amounts, and that's not so unusual. It's when it comes out, like, you know, I've had experience with this too, particularly with my second born who had a lot of projectile vomiting. Like it can hit the wall on the yep. other side of the room. Yeah, it that's can be right. that, that powerful. And yeah. so you had your doubts, you were wondering, like, there's something wrong. Did it take long to get a doctor to kind of, like, identify that for you and get a bit of a plan in place? Or Well, I was quite lucky because the Maternal and Child Health Centre that I was attending um, was part of a recruitment drive for an unsettled babies program at the Murdoch Children's ah, Research Institute. Yes, yep. So um, straight away, we got into the an unsettled babies research program. Fantastic. Um, so um, my son was seen by one of the paediatricians um, who was able to diagnose the problem. Okay. Um, and um, did it sort of like immediately get better once you started? Was he on medication for that? No. Or what did they do? No. Initially? So they, um, they validated my concerns, I suppose, in the unsettled babies um, program that um yeah indeed his it was excessive crying and it was excessive vomiting and that he Mm -hmm. did have some gut irritation um and that gave me the courage to then take him into a mother baby unit um where he was then under the care of a pediatrician and at that point he was um, when he was vomiting he had blood in his vomit so Mm. it looks like coffee granules Okay. Yep. Um, and then he was put on medication okay. for his reflux. Yep. And how was his weight going through all this? Was that also a concern in getting him to to put on? Have you blocked it all out? It's a bit of a blur. <laughs> I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah. I <laughs> yeah, know. I you think remember. at the time, like, I'm never going to forget all of these little details. Yeah. And when it passes by, that, that's the stuff you want to forget. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and the thing is, hard. when his when the medication was working, and when he wasn't in pain. He was the most gorgeous baby, absolutely gorgeous, smiling, gurgling. So, and you know him, like he's a very sociable. He's just always got this beautiful smile. He's so, he's such a friendly kid. I can imagine him being one of those darling babies that you don't want to put down. That's right. (laughs) And so that made it all the harder when the medication was wearing off and he was in pain because we knew it was because of the pain that he was in. That, that was making him so unsettled. It's awful to know that your baby's in pain. That's yeah. such a hard thing to go through. So did you, so did you, you made some changes to your diet. Were you yes. able to keep breastfeeding or did you move to formula or what? No, sort of I, um, we did mixed feeding for a while. Yeah, so I guess his weight gain must have been 
a bit slow because we started to give him top up feeds of Neocate, yep. the um, okay. allergy formula. Yeah, yep. Um, and um, yeah, I breastfed him until I was a, until he was about seven months old. Yeah, and then yeah. we just switched to Neocate all the time because my health was starting to suffer mm-hmm. um, because my diet was so restricted. Yeah, um, and that's yeah. so important. You can't parent when you're you know your own diet is so compromised Mm. so sometimes you get to that point where it's making that decision that's just going to work better I think for you as a parent but also for the baby as well often too yeah and I always have so much empathy for the parents Mm. that come into the clinic and they're telling me you know because we see so many babies don't we with various allergies and intolerances and uh, so when they're describing their difficulties that they're having and if they're on restricted diets because they're breastfeeding or if they have switched to formula um, and they're working through the um, food challenges Mm. it's it can really sympathize with them you really understand yeah sometimes it's hard because you just want to grab them in a hug (laughs) we know what it's like it's going to be okay but that's not always appropriate (laughs) and you of course you had experiences as well yeah I didn't know you were a neocate mum actually Ah, I was in the neocate club okay (laughs) um yeah so we had didn't have the issues with the reflux so much but at around five months of age my second born my little boy he um we discovered that he had something called FPI, so mm. food protein induced enterocolitis syndrome, which is basically, um, it's like a gastrointestinal allergy. So you don't get the hives and the, um, you know, the, the anaphylactic shock or anything mm-hmm. like that. But what you get is really very unpleasant. So um, he had his first little try of formula um, at five months and two hours later, um, classic F pies reaction. He was projectile vomiting, like it would have hit, you know, would have travelled three meters. It was absolutely horrendous. Mm. Vomited until he was completely flat. He just turned purple. Was hardly oh, breathing. Um, it was the most terrifying thing because I, I didn't know what it was at the time. I just thought, well, I actually just thought he was dying. Oh <laughs> was, my god! It was horrific, and yeah. you know, we waited for an ambulance and. And by the time the ambulance got there, he was kind of starting to come out of this weird state. So we were unable to wake him up after this really violent vomiting episode. Wow. Um, And I was very lucky because our paediatrician for him, she had been trained in how to identify FPIs, which was very not well known at the time Mm. at all. And a lot of families who had... Um, babies and children with FPIs just weren't getting a diagnosis and had no answers. Mm. Um, But as soon as I described this episode to her, she was like, this is what it is. Um, And then we just... We just had this horrendous, it was just horrendous. <laughs> it's the only way I can describe it with, with that poor little kid. Um, he was allergic to almost everything basically. So there were so many foods that would cause him to go into shock like that. Um, How many times to, would he go into shock? Like, like, a, well, his reaction would vary. So that formula he tried was a soy formula because yeah. there's a, we have a family history of cow's milk protein intolerance. I just didn't even bother trying. Yeah. I was like, we'll just avoid that. But of course, ones who are allergic to cow's milk or have the intolerance to cow's milk usually have an intolerance to soy as mm. well. Um, but because my older child had tolerated soy, I thought, well, we'll start with soy and see how mm. it goes. Um, so soy was the big one. That really, really sent him downhill. Um, other foods or other proteins... Um, would just give him these reactions like when he was um, able to start solid foods one time we gave him just the tiniest little bit of carrot you know like grated carrot yeah. and just a tiny little bit of it and he vomited for 11 days 
absolutely everything oh, for 11 days. Good grief. Um, horribly mucousy nappies. And he cried nonstop for those 11 <gasps> days. Um, so oh. we never knew. That's the tricky thing with FPIs. And if there are FPIs parents listening in, <laughs> I... I very much sympathize with what you're going through. We just, there's no way to know what they react to. You just have to try. And you don't know if that little tiny bit of a new food that you're giving them will result in a week or two of just hideous pain for them. Um, oh or if goodness. they'll just be completely fine with it. So, yeah. so he w- was reacting to just everything, vomiting all the time. Um, and and again, how would you, sorry to jump in, how would yeah. you manage with um, your firstborn? Yeah, it was... It was really hard, I think, trying to juggle that. I mean, we just would go through so many, like changing the cot. Yes. <laughs> like cot sheets weren't clean for more than about 10 minutes at a time. So there was a lot of washing, um, some really interrupted sleep. Um, and did he, did your yeah. older one kind of sympathize? Did he, did know, he get scared by all the vomiting? Well, you don't remember, is it all blocked out? It is one of those things I've just blocked out. It was such a, it was actually, it was kind of traumatic to go through as a parent. Mm. It really was. And I feel like I've blocked out a lot of that because it was just so hard. We had to be so vigilant with things like, you know, when his older brother would go to a kid's party and would take him up, we'd just have to hold him. We couldn't risk him getting anything near his mouth. Mm. Um, So it was really, really hard. So he... um, Pretty, he, he did breastfeed and then he went on to um, Neocate. And because his diet for solid foods was so limited, um, he had to be on Neocate until he turned two. So he oh, was quite reliant God. on formula because yeah. we just couldn't find enough safe foods for him to eat without being so, so unwell. Yeah. Um, so I think for a very long time he had, you know, two or three foods that he could have. Um, it, and annoyingly weird things like... <laughs> Quinoa was fine. So that was great. <laughs> it could have been something cheaper, but okay. Um, oh, I forget what else now, but it was just like working at a snail's pace. Um, yes. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Very, very slow progress. And we were, you know, after that horrendous time, we we're actually, we're one of the lucky families because at, when he turned two around that time, it just, it was like a, a switch just flicked. And over a few months, he was just fine with absolutely everything. And I don't take that for granted because I do know other families whose children stay on feeding tubes, you know, and having Neocate for years and years. They're taking it to primary school with them. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Um, yeah. You know, which is incredibly difficult thing to go through. Yes. So, yeah, we're, it sounds like we've both had a lot of experience with projectile vomiting. Yes. <laughs> and allergies and, and reflux and, and all the rest. Yes. And if there was a, a bug going around the one or the other of the children would mm. pick it up and bring it home yeah um, and then you're like is this the is this the allergy or is this a whole new other joy <laughs> yeah that's right and a new rash um, my second born had lots of rashes was allergic to lots of things had eczema uh, as well yep. um, and uh, yeah so we were constantly having to monitor his skin because mm. if that flared up then oh sleep uh, just sleep. goes out the window with yeah. asthma doesn't it and that really yeah. surprises me in the clinic when we see so many families where they their, their babies have eczema sometimes it's quite severe eczema and they just don't know that that actually really impacts the quality of sleep yeah it's sort of like it's that underlying even if they're not scratching it often it's just uncomfortable mm. and when they come up into light sleep it's enough for them to notice it and wake up yeah. and want you know to call out to you so it's 
can really interrupt sleep. So yeah, definitely. You've, well, yeah, we had every type of steroid cream in our house. Yes. <laughs> to manage it. The students would see a little patch of it. It was like, right, we're fixing that. That can't go on. Um, and yeah, they all got through it okay. Do you still get eczema now? No, they've both outgrown it. Yeah, yeah. mine are mostly through it. My middle one, my main allergy child, um, still gets a bit. It's just like kind of cold weather and the dry heat okay. that, yeah. that do it. Yes. Mm. Um, and um, so I suppose, you know, for, for parents who might be tuning in, the real, probably one of the key take home messages from all of our ramblings, <laughs> uh, you know, if you're thinking that your baby, something's a little bit up with them, something seems a bit out of place, like, you know, seeing really excessive vomiting. I think mucus in the nappies is a really clear sign. There's some gut irritation impacting things as well. Um, what else? We've got eczema is a really good mm. sign of something that can be um, causing a lot of unsettled behavior and, and tricky sleep. And if there's blood in the poo, of course. Yeah, that would be blood in the poo yeah. or the coffee granules in the vomit, which can indicate um, blood as well. Um, and other things too, like, you know, if you're noticing a lot of snoring or coughing and choking and gagging in your baby, um, when they're asleep, mm. you know, something's not quite right. So if you're having troubles with, with sleep and settling and you're noticing some of these signs, or look, any kind of health concern, I think definitely you want to talk to your health nurse, have a chat with your doctor. You know, maybe they'll say, no, that's fine. You don't even need to worry. You know, you might feel like you're being the overreacting parent, but you're not. You're your, you're your baby's advocate and your role is to make sure they get their needs met. So if you feel like there's something not quite right, always, always talk to to your nurse, to your doctor. Yeah, and I'd also really encourage parents to take photos and <laughs> videos yep. so that they can show the yeah. whatever it is that's concerning them, yep. um, be it the distance the vomit travelled mm. through the air before it hit the wall yeah, or yeah. the um, that funny texture of the vomit or yep. that um, is that mucus in yeah. the nappy is that normal mucus or is that just normal sorry not normal mucus is that normal poo yeah um, uh, so yeah take the video evidence with you because yeah, then yeah. Um, what when the words might fail you you've got the actual evidence the there evidence. to yeah. show the health professional to get the diagnosis yeah absolutely and one thing I'll say to all parents is pre-warn people when you're going to show them those nappy pictures <laughs> I have had photos of nappies turn up in my email inbox without yes. the warning. <laughs> and you don't know when your healthcare professional is going to be opening their emails over breakfast. <laughs> so save them the trauma, give them the warning, and they can make sure they're, you know, mentally prepared to see the contents of the nappy. <laughs> Great tip, Alan. All right. Well, that's all for us. We'll um, see you all next week. Thank you. Bye. Bye. If you need help with your baby's sleep or settling, then you need Sombell. Sombell is Australia's first online paediatric sleep clinic for babies aged 0 to 12 months. It contains all the best resources from Dr. Fallon and Dr. Laura's sleep clinics, so you can rest easy and soak in your baby. To find out more, click the link in the show notes or visit sombell.infantsleep.com.au.